Hey y'all, Dan here with another Old School Saturday. This is your Be Kind Rewind Disney Movie Plus, Disney Plus Movie Podcast throwback episode. Today we are dipping into the archives to bring you Darby O'Gill. Is it Darby O'Gill or Darby McGill? Darby O'Gill and the Little People. Hope you enjoy it. Hi-ho, hi-ho, it's off to work we go. Born on a mountaintop in Tennessee, green estate in the land of the free. Raised in the woods so he knew every tree, killed him a bar when he was only three. Davy, Davy Crockett. was covered with mist, and the moon was no bigger than the light from a hickney cat, but it didn't hide him from me, for there he stood with an angry little goblin, and his face as fierce as fire. King Brian, my old boy, oh, I've got you at last, and I'm not going to let you go until you grant me the favor of three grand wishes. Granted. little gold crown and his red beard and his two eyes leaping from his head like flames. Michael, I'd like to talk about Katie. In the old ruins on the top of Nochnashiga, and there were the little people dancing all around in the moonlight. Well, aren't they the bold creatures? Kiss her, kiss her, go on, kiss her. I've heard enough silly blather about little people to last me a lifetime. What kind of man are you at all that doesn't believe in the little people? I declare to me soul, when I tell them this down in the Pope, they won't believe a word of it. Ah, you can't do that, Darby. Once you're here, there's no going back. I've got to get back to Kitty. Darby, this is Michael McBride. I've decided to settle him here in your place. Why didn't you tell me? Your father made me promise that I would. The Banshee! Brian! King Brian! What is it, man? The death coach! Send it away! 
She's my dear, my darling one, her eyes so sparkling full of fun. No other, no other can match the likes of her. Oh, he is my dear, my darling one, his eyes so sparkling full of fun. No other, no other can match the likes of him. Welcome everyone to this the first and hopefully not last meeting of the three caballeros. This is not Yay. my title. This has been bequeathed to us by our co-host, co-hostess with the most Disney girl herself. And since we have three of us, that means, yes, ladies and gentlemen, he is still alive. It is Ichabod Bones back in the house. Well, what is Woo! up, party people? Yeah, I've been busy as of late. Feels like forever. It's been like, I don't know, a long time. I think it was Glad to be in the house. last year when we last. That's what it feels like to, of course, with a six-month-old, never keep track of it, except when well, it's time for a bottle or for a nap. Wow. Yes. Your hands are full. Well, we have last night, and no, it is not a recap of the three Caballeros, although that would be an interesting one to now yeah. that Stasius wanted to name us that. We are here to talk about the young Sean Connery in the 1959 Disney classic that no one knew existed, Darby O'Gill and the Little People, or as Icky called it, Beulah McGillicuddy and the People of Diminutive Returns. <laughs> Which I'm surprised Disney was politically correct back in those days. They, yes. they, they, had, they used the right term even back then. Good on you, Mike. I don't think that's Scottish. <laughs> no, probably not. So obviously it's going to be one of those nights, <laughs> since we're already mixing the mixing the um, continents already. Well, I mean, Thor's Australian, right? And he doesn't. He speaks with like a British accent. Well, that's because so, the British went to Australia. Oh, that was their penal colony. Yes. Wait a minute. You guys I have, have to me totally <laughs> Totally lost. Because we talking about something that took place in Ireland? <laughs> See, <laughs> this is why we needed the Donald Duck character of the group. Because yes. you were to have Jose Ichibod Bones <laughs> and the Araquan, whatever he was. <laughs> who will just be going off on their little merry way, thinking they know what they're talking about, and you're going to have to snatch us up by the neck and bring us back to reality, Stacy. That's what hey, you're here you would for. Be, you would be Pons Tito. Ah! ah. Into the Ponchito. See? <laughs> Pons Tito. <laughs> oh, my gosh. We are gone already, and we just started. <laughs> yes, loving it. Oh, it's been too long. It's been too long. It has. Be that while we no. do it again. No, no. Okay, so, since this is officially about Darby McGill O'Gill, <laughs> Flannery O'Connor, and, <laughs> and the little people, 
And I did not know that this movie hey, existed. Say again. I said I'm little. You are a as little. in like four foot eleven, four foot ten. That would officially make you a little person in today's. I think I was taller than that when I was born. Yeah. Oh, God. oh I've lost control. I've lost control. All right, Dan, lead us on. I I don't know. I don't think I can lead y'all on. Um, was this the first time that either of y'all had ever heard, seen, or watched this movie? Yes, yes, yes. Never okay. heard of it, but I'm glad I saw it. And I think this should make it should have more of a presence in the Disney parks. They could really do something with this. Yeah. Well. This was actually a brand new one, although misremembering like I have been doing a lot, I seem to have heard about it, possibly in a previous lifetime or something, I don't know, which would actually make sense. But this movie was actually released on June the 24th, 1959. This was the last Disney release of the 1950s. Oh, wow. So it has only taken us... Two years <laughs> to cover the first 23 years worth of movies. And it did a whopping $2.6 million in revenue, which is $24 million in today's money. That's at least two, three crocs of gold coins, I'd say. But did Upwards make more than that? Or Onward? That's the question. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Since Not in theaters, probably, because theaters are all closed. <laughs> Since that seems to be the the mile marker for the current movie resurgence, because obviously Black Widow is going to be blowing that movie out of the water in every other Marvel movie, as Icky and I were talking about before you came on, Stacy. He was saying that he had just watched the original Thor, which is where he was asking about the Australians. Uh. I'm way behind on my Marvel movies. Like, I'm trying to watch them in the order that you're supposed to watch. Not the order they came out, but, you know, there's an order online. What order you're supposed to watch them so that it makes sense historically or whatever. So I've you're... seen Captain America, and that's it. And I was like, oh, oh I want to watch all these. And, uh, yeah, so Captain America and, Wanda... and WandaVision, that's it. And see, WandaVision what act... was actually what, brought Icky back into it because they're like, we don't understand anything that's going on, so let's rewind and try to get back into it. Yeah. And I think you said that you had actually seen Captain America, right? Before it all? Or Edward Norton's Hulk? Which is something that we don't speak about in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Because he got washed under the he got washed under the rug just like um, Eric Bana's Hulk. Rule number one of Edward Norton, Incredible Hulk. Never speak about Edward Norton, Incredible Hulk. Exactly. And seeing as how we have, and seeing as how we have completely lost control of this, which is supposed to be a Darby O'Gill, McGill, whatever. I can't remember what his last name is. I think it's Darby O'Gill. Yeah. Oh, yeah, O'Gill. But you guys do have a connection because guess what? Darby O'Gill, Mr. Leprechaun. Leprechauns are green, and the Hulk is green. So see, there's a connection. She's playing our game. Everything is connected. I like it. I like it. Yeah, I I, I explained the I explained the rules of the game when we were when we were doing the Shaggy Dog 
and and it all brought it back to Old Yeller and how Old Yeller and the Shaggy Dog had so therefore they had to be interrelated even though it was like seventy years apart. <laughs> so there there's some there's some vampire stuff going on which wasn't mentioned. Ooh. Well, or would it be werewolves because it was a Shaggy Dog? Well, vampires and werewolves they go great together, right? Wasn't there a sparkly movie something? I don't know. <laughs> oh, Never goodness. saw it. You mean the new Batman? <laughs> okay, sure. Okay. So the movie itself opens with the words, My thanks to King Brian of Naknashiga and his leprechauns, whose gracious oper- cooperation made this picture possible. We then cut to a girl chunning butter as Mrs. Sagru comes in to ask her if she can lend her some tea. She then starts asking about having a man to cook for, and the girl says that her that she has her father to cook for. Just then, Lord Fitzpatrick shows up with Sean Connery riding with her and asks her where her father is. She runs off to fetch him as the Lord and Mrs. Sagru converse. We change scenes to the pub where the title character is sitting around telling tall tales about leprechauns. We flash back to another time and we, king, and we see King Brian trying to work his way out of Darby's gaze. Darby wishes for health, a large crop of potatoes, and a pot of gold. King Brian then tricks him into wishing a fourth wish, and Darby ends up losing his other three wishes, after which King Brian disappears. Just then, Father Murphy tells him that the church is getting a bell, and Father Murphy and Pony get into an argument about the cost to retrieve the bell, and Darby says he'll do it for free, just as his father, uh, yeah, just as his daughter pulls him out. Lord Fitzpatrick tells him that he has decided to replace him with Sean Connery, and we cut back to the pub, and Mrs. Sagru grabs Pony just as he steals a sip of whiskey so that she can introduce him to Lord Fitzpatrick. Darby plays a tune as Sean listens, and he tells him that he has learned it from the little people. And Sean and Darby sit down to eat, and then they set out to collect the horse for the bell, and Sean sets off to check the house. Darby catches up to Cleopatra when they reach the little people's home and the horse changes and that causes Darby to fall into a well. Now a couple of little people find Darby and proceed to magic him with his own with his own shillelagh before they take him to see King Brian. Leprechauns are having a party and Darby's invited in. Darby's told to close the chest on or the lid on a chest full of gold and jewels supposedly taken from the Spanish Armada when it crashed and Brian shows off several pieces from Irish history, which such as the Cup of Cormac, the Throne of Fergus MacLeada, and the Sword of Brian Boru, and the harp that played at Terrace Hall. Darby says they won't believe any of that when he tells them about it at the pub, to which Brian replies that he can't return, and Darby begins to worry about Kate, who is the girl that we met who pulled him out. Brian tells him not to worry, and Darby begins to say all the things he tells about little people. Brian says that the reason he was welcomed is because of his losing his job. Darby tries to get away, but he doesn't work. But it doesn't work, and Darby plays a couple of songs on a Stradivarius, playing the second one faster and faster until the leprechauns run off and come back on white stallions, and then King Brian opens a hole in the mountain. And they ride off just as Darby fills his pockets with jewels, only to see the mountain close. And he barely gets out and has no jewels in his pockets to show for it. So, back at his house, 
Brian catches up to Darby and they have a talk. And Darby tells Brian that the only reason he came back was for his pipe. Darby pulls, pours some whiskey for Brian and Brian drinks the cup. And Brian insists that he keep drinking as Darby begins the wishing song. Brian is soon drunk and they stay drinking the night away. The next morning, Brian's been captured and he promises Darby all the wishes in the world. Darby says that he will make his wishes when he's talked to Katie. And he makes that his first wish that Brian will not be able to fly away home until at least two weeks have passed and he can make his other two wishes. So Darby catches Brian, puts him in a sack in the barn, and Mrs. Segru is caught outside walking outside of the house. And Katie tells Sean that, that Darby goes to the pub for company, not for drinking. And she invites Sean to a dance, but then he turns her down. Darby offers Sean a job and Katie objects, saying that he doesn't saying that Darby doesn't have any money. And Darby replies that there has been a change in his fortune and he had been thinking of buying the manor house. And Katie replies that she doesn't want the manor house and she sets off and catches Sean singing. Katie said that she had prepared them a meal and then tells him that her father had mentioned is that Sean was a good lad. And we cut to Darby bringing the church bell in. And Father Murphy catches Darby carrying the sack with Brian. Darby tells the Reverend the truth, and Father Murphy says that he's imagined the whole thing. Darby tells the members of the pub the truth, and they want to see him. He says he won't let Brian out of the bag until he made his other wishes, and he has the barmaid pour a cup of whiskey, which Brian drinks, and then Brian and Darby leaves. Back at the house, Katie's preparing for the dance as Darby comes in. Darby says that he will catch up with Michael, which is Sean Connery's name in this movie, and then Michael attacks Darby, thinking that he's a poacher. And Michael looks in the bag, sees a rabbit. And Darby tells Michael that leprechauns are shapeshifters. And, Dar and Brian tricks Darby into using his second wish to let Michael see him. But Michael can only see him as a rabbit. Meanwhile, Pony has strong-armed strong his way into taking Katie home from the dance. Brian tells Darby that Katie's in trouble because of his being tied up. And Brian tells him to make a starred wish or else, a, or else a curse will come upon the town. Brian asks Darby if he could get Katie to fall in love with the good lad if he would wish his third wish. And Darby says he would. And so Brian sets off to woo Michael for Katie. And he tells Michael that to take Katie to the top of Naknigasha, or however you pronounce that, next Sunday. And then he goes off to convince Carrie, to, or I'm sorry, Katie to marry Michael. But Katie wakes up and sees Brian and he vanishes. And he comes back after she's gone back to sleep and Katie tells him no. And so Brian walks off. The next Sunday, Michael and Katie go up to the top of the mountain. And Michael chases Katie down the mountain into Pony's waiting arm. And this causes Michael and Pony to almost come to blows, but Katie intervenes. And she tells Michael that he that she has no interest in him. But then she pursues him and kisses. And Brian asks Darby if he would wish. And Darby says he will. But then he changes his mind when he hears the church bell ring. ring but promises to wish on Monday. So the next day everyone's in town to hear Darby make his third wish. But Miss Segru interrupts a, intercepts a piece of mail and takes it to the manor. And we cut back to Katie, who's packing because the letter is from Fitzpatrick. And she confronts 
Michael, and Michael says he doesn't want the job if Katie and Darby don't come with him. And he professes his love for her, and Katie runs off. Darby is asked what he will wish for, and Katie runs in and throws the bag on the floor, and Brian, as the rabbit, runs off. Darby takes off after him, followed by the children, and Katie comes back and goes after the horse, and Michael tries to stop her, but gets smacked in the face with the reins. Michael goes after Katie, but gets hit in the head by Pony, who douses him in whiskey and sits him in the door of the manor. Darby comes to the house, finds the note, and goes off to find her. And then he finds Michael and wakes him. And then we see Katie chasing the horse up the hill. And the wail of the banshee is heard. And Michael and Darby run up the hill after her. Darby finds Katie's fallen on the rocks as the banshee appears. And Darby throws his lantern at her to scare off the banshee. And Michael comes and collects Katie and takes her back to the manor. Father Murphy gets called in to perform last rites as the Banshee wills in the distance. And Darby runs out of the room and comes face to face with the Banshee and tries to drive her away with a hoe. She points to the mountain and Darby sees Brian and he uses his third wish to take Katie's place as the death coach rides up. The driver orders Brian into the carriage and he complies and the coach drives away as the rain starts to fall. Darby looks down to see Brian riding in the coach with him, and he tells him that Katie's fever broke as soon as she got in the carriage. And Brian says he wishes he could go with Darby, and Brian says he wishes that too. And of course, this is Brian, or this is Darby's fourth wish, and Brian laughs and zaps Darby out of the carriage. And after this, we cut to Darby telling his tale as Michael walks in, and Michael and Pony fight in the pub, which ends with Pony getting knocked out. And Michael walks in just as Miss Agru comes in and looks at Pony, only to have him tell her off. And the movie ends with Darby driving the cart with Michael and Katie singing in the back. The end. So seeing as how all three of us, this was our first time watching this movie, what were your initial comments, concerns, snide remarks, peanut gallery impressions? I think like a lot of the older movies that we've been watching, there seems to be a pattern where it starts off just incredibly slow. Like, why am I wasting my life watching this? But then Disney just impresses you and you're like, wow, this is actually really good. Like, and then toward the end, it's just like, wow, this is really good. So I was not looking, how do you say, didn't have very high expectations to begin with, but I was pleasantly surprised. And I found a little bit of a, I think like a almost like a time traveling continuity issue at the end that we'll have to talk about as we get toward the end of the movie. Okay. I like the time continuity. I have to think back. Um, I'm sure it'll come to me, or when you talk about it, I'm sure I'll have a thought because you know I always can find something to say. <laughs> but uh, my little peanut gallery. Uh, takeaway is, of course, I have my notes, which I have here to talk about later, but I really liked the casting and the actor that they used um, to uh, the guy that played Darby because he was very kind of rugged. He didn't have straight teeth. He just, he just, he looked like your everyday Joe, although his name was Darby. But, you're, you know, he wasn't the pretty boy or the the nice-looking, put-together 
people that you see in the movies nowadays. Hmm. So I, I really liked just his look, his character, the casting. It was, they did it. And for me, I look at things a lot from the theatrical perspective as far as acting moments and the drama and casting, costumes, props, all that kind of stuff. And I really, like, I think if they had somebody else play that part, the the movie would have a different feel to it. Now, are you talking about the person that was playing the king of the little people or the actual old man that was trying to convince everybody that he... Oh, I was, I'm talking about the old man, okay. and um, I thought the old man was Darby, because it says Darby O'Gill and the little people. So yes. I'm assuming the old man's name was Darby. Yes, right? that, that, that was correct, but that, that was what actually had me a little confused, because you would think that the king of the little people would be the person that you would be talking about with his little people. That's why yes. I was that's why I was making sure that everybody is on the same two lane cart path with the horse that can run away up into the mountain. Well the problem with that would be if they named it after him they would have to call it the life of Brian and that's already a movie, so they couldn't do that. I gotcha. I see what you're doing there, hi <laughs> So we were introduced to Sean Connery in this, which I, I I spoke incorrectly. It is Sir Sean Connery. He is, Ooh. of course, a member of a former member of the. Ooh. But okay. This was actually during his early earlier movie. Yeah. Which when I actually saw him, that was what which wasn't a surprise because he was actually on the movie poster that you saw when you clicked on the movie on Disney Plus. But it made me instantly want to watch the movie just because, well, first of all, this is my James Bond. I'm sorry, Pierce Brosnan will never be my James Bond. <laughs> Daniel Craig will never be my James Bond. And also, he was in one of the greatest unloved movies of all time, which is one that I think we all watched at the, uh, Movies 10, The League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, at least two or oh. three times. Oh, yeah. So, for those two reasons, I was looking forward to this one just to see where it was going to take him. And he didn't disappoint because the man can sing. Absolutely. He's got some chops. Yeah, he's got some nice, nice uh, vocal cords on him. Yeah, and I want to say that I have never heard him sing anything before that. Or I had never heard him sing in another movie. Not that this one. No. Because he also didn't sing as a. Dr. Jones, his father. So we've got several different, which is also a Disney film, if I'm correct. Icky? Which one is that? The Indiana Jones, because isn't that still over oh. at MGM? There is an Indiana Jones there. I don't know if they just bought the rights to use the name or if it's actually an intellectual property of theirs. I don't know. Good question. But yeah, I was I was fairly impressed with his singing ability, with his way to carry the screen and make you, you want to keep watching instead of turning off, like would be our indication because the movie does not start like some of the later Disney movies where it just draws you in. You have to actually sit and yeah. grab a rope, 
go get the horse, bring it back down the mountain, <laughs> and then ride the horse up to the mountain so it could throw you off and you'll tumble back down into the actual. Yeah. Well, so, they did a nice. They did a nice job with the uh, juxtaposition of the different characters as far as Sean o- Sean um, Sir Sean. Uh, <laughs> he you know, very clean cut, pretty boy next door. And then, of course, you have Darby O'Gill, uh, your, rugged, your, your rugged Irishman. And then, did you notice that I think from this movie, they got the idea of the character of Gaston? Which one think would about, Gaston have been? about Pony? The Bully. Polly, was that his name? Pony. Pony. What a name. So I thought that Pony, when I saw him, I was like, oh, my gosh, that is Gaston. We've talked about how that's a character, that's a constant theme in Disney movies, going back to the, the Ichabod Crane, right? The Legend of Sleepy Hollow, Brom Bones, was kind of the same same type of character. Just your typical classical Disney antagonist. Yeah. But yeah, very in the same vein, very much so. Well, was trying to th- there there was several different um, stories throughout, so it wasn't just. Darby trying to say, well, come look at my little person, because you're not supposed to say that. <laughs> you had the story of the preacher and his bell. You, of course, had um, King Brian trying his dangdest to get away however he needed to, so that way he wouldn't have to um, give Darby his wishes. Yeah. And then you had the love story which was unrequited love until the very end between Sean... Well, actually, I think it was more of a love triangle because Pony wanted Katie. Yeah. Katie kind of wanted Sean. Yeah. And Sean definitely wanted Katie. And nobody really wanted Pony. No. (laughs) Except for his mother. Well, yeah. Until the very end. And then she was like, well, you just need to go get yourself a job. I'm tired of dealing with you. (laughs) Tony needs to go out to the pasture. Ooh, I like what you did there. I like what you did there. Yes. But it was... I'm trying to think of another Disney film up to this point where there was so many different storylines that were intersecting and they all kind of worked. In I mean, short of Cinderella, there hasn't been one. But that's just because we had the mice and the... The mice and the dress and the fairy godmother. But other than that, I can't think of anything that actually tied everything together without dropping one at the very end and making it not important. Yeah. But speaking of the end, what did y'all think of King Brian tricking Darby into making a fourth wish? That's where I have the continuity issue problem. Did you, what? Did you think, think, think about that too? So first of all, if, if he tricked him into wishing that he could stay till the end and he... Had that negated his wishes. So does that mean that King Brian died and he was taken away? Because he said once the the demon of death comes, they don't go away empty-handed. They hmm. stay until they get their soul. So if Darby was no longer under the no longer in the cabin, does that mean that now King Brian had to go away and King Brian died? And also, if all of his three wishes were now gone. Does that mean his first wish where he said, I want to be able to, you know, I want him to be able to see. Remember the first wish, I want him to be able to see what's in the bag. And he saw what was in the bag and he said, oh, he did see me, but he saw me as a rabbit. He didn't see me as a leprechaun. Remember that? That was his first Mm -hmm. wish. 
So does that mean that the person who looked in the bag didn't see anything? Because if they did, that would alter the whole storyline. And then the second wish was, I want you to, I want them to be able to see you in their dream. So he went to them both in their dreams mm-hmm. and told them the right thing to do. So if those wishes were now negated, did they not see him in their dreams? Because if they hadn't have seen them, then the whole to see how it all starts to unravel, like Back to the Future. If those things wouldn't have happened because the wishes are now negated, the whole outcome could have been different. Did they take that into account? Continuity I issue. I don't think they did because by the time that they got to that point, they're like, well, let's just go ahead, wrap it up. Everybody's a happily ever after. And guess what? Darby gets to stay around and continue to tell people that he saw the leprechauns and nobody will ever remember it. Yeah. I don't that the I don't think that Mr. King Bryant died. I think he still existed. The I felt that the end of the movie was rushed a little bit, just like the comment that I made with the shaggy dog where okay, so you know, you have your you know, you you climb up that, you have your climax at the top and then you have, you know, your falling action. Well, instead of it kind of like gradually going down it's just kind of like i think they just like took a nosedive and then the movie was over you know yeah and just like they did with the shaggy dog i have some interesting things that i uh that uh came to mind that i wrote down about the end of the movie but i'll wait till we get to that well i mean is there is there anything that y'all have to add before we get to the end of the movie well i mean it should is this answering of the question today's impact of the movie? No, we're 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 not we're not quite we're not to that point. Yet. We're okay. we're we're just we're trying to see if there's anything else that any thoughts about. The- Have you ever heard of this rule where if you get the person to wish a fourth wish, then the other three are all of a sudden gone? I never heard of that before. Me neither. That must be an Irish thing. I guess. Which I, and I never really, knew. Maybe probably I just... need to talk to Grayson since she's Irish and see if she found a little leprechaun or anything. Yeah, maybe I'm not up on my Irish lore, but I never knew that leprechauns gave you three wishes. I mean, I knew genies did rub the lamp, but I thought if you caught one, you just got a pot of gold and a bowl of Lucky Charms. I, I don't. <laughs> I didn't know they gave you three wishes. So I didn't know that if there was a fourth one, that it negated all the three. I never yeah. heard that before. And see, that that was the only lore that I knew about was that you had to catch a leprechaun who would then take you to the end of a, of the rainbow where you would get your pot of gold. Yeah. But you had to make sure that you kissed the Blarney Stone or else it would all turn into, I think I might be mixing some things up. Yeah. Which is no longer a thing. Thank you, Fauci. No more kissing the Blarney Stone. Well, you can kiss it, you just have to make sure that you're masked before you do it. <laughs> oh, yes, yes, yes. And you uh, rub rub a uh, hand sanitizer on the rock. Yeah. What I want to know is, uh, and maybe, uh, Dan, you can answer this because you, you have that uh, computer in front of you, and I forget. Was it filmed on location? Again, here's like another theater, like the theater movie thing. Was it filmed on location, or did they do it in California? somewhere. Please hold. Please I've vamp while imagine. I look for that information. I've got to imagine that it was filmed in California, but another thing that I thought was weird is how this whole village just happens to live right next to this mountain with these old ancient ruins on top of them. 
and nobody's ever gone up there and and found this well or this this banshee or these leprechauns. Like nobody's ever. Clearly, they all thought he was crazy because he had the rabbit in the bag and and they're all making fun of him. But nobody's ever gone up there and seen this until this day. Is it like an alcohol induced thing? Do you have to be a little, you know, <laughs> to be able to see the to be able to see them? I don't know. I don't know, but you said banshee, and when I heard them say banshee. I kept thinking, Sivako, yeah. Rise to the Challenge, and Pandora, and Avatar, and I'm like, Banshee? I mean, I know it means something else, but because of what I know about that, I just kept thinking of... Yeah, that's gentrification. They stole that term. A Banshee is not a dinosaur lizard flying thing. A Banshee is a screaming ghost. They stole that. Shame on them. <laughs> I hate to break it to you, but the... Entire movie was filmed entirely in. Yeah. It looks like the rolling Hollywood Hills. Yeah, I figured it probably was. So they took down the Hollywood side for that? <laughs> they just went down to Simi Valley away from Hollywood, so they're you. far enough away. Yeah. Down yeah. by the Ronald Reagan Presidential Library. But this is weird. These ruins are on top of this mountain, and nobody ever goes up there. I mean, what's the backstory on that? Is it is it like verboten? Do you not go up there? Because clearly or, he did. Or is it one of those things where you only see it once every 39 and a half minutes and you have to be looking directly at it with the sun shining over your left shoulder at 16 and a half degrees? Yeah. And if it's not there, you won't be able to see it. Yeah. Maybe it only appears every 17 years like those godforsaken cicadas. (laughs) Hey, don't be hating on the cicadas. We're all going to be eating them soon. They actually make some pretty good... Sorry, Disney girl, to cut you off. What you got? Oh, no, I forgot. I, at first, I was saying ruins, mountain, grab a horse, and now it's all coming back to me because it's been a couple weeks since I've seen the movie. Um, I didn't rewatch it. I'm sorry. I'm looking at my notes. But I do remember they would go up that mountain or they have to go get the horse or take the horse, and then the horse would always, like, you know, run away. So I'm I'm slowly but surely remembering it. So was Cleopatra, was the horse being possessed by the Banshee when the horse pushed Darby down the well? Because Cleopatra had that same color-shifting red-blue-green, red-blue-green color-shifting like the Banshee did at the end. I think everything was actually tied in to Brian, because I think Brian is Ireland's Loki. That's what I'm thinking. Oh, okay. I hate, yeah. I hate to bring it all back to the Marvel that, Cinematic that, Universe. My daughter says, "Have you seen Loki yet? Have you seen it?" And I'm like, "No, I haven't. I haven't." But so I'm just, I gotta get all, uh, you know, caught up with that. Yeah. But if you think about it, the his whole purpose was to trick people out of their wishes. It was like a game to him, I think. Yeah, because he kept saying, well, is that what you want for your wish? And he's like, yeah, but you'll find some way to twist it, and then it'll end up being three pebbles instead of... Yeah. And the fact that Darby actually fell for the same trick twice for him, because he made eight wishes, allegedly. (laughs) Yeah. Because that's how the whole movie started. And then he made me make a fourth wish... And that did away with everything, and that's why nobody's rich here. So I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, the gosh and the glory. Yeah. Well, he did a bunch of wishes on the first time around, 
I don't want a pot of gold for her. I don't want a, you get a pot of gold, you get a pot of gold, you get a pot of gold. It was like 17 wishes. Yeah. So he just kind of lumped them all into one wish. Yeah, this is this is true. So, I mean, in effect, if we would have taken that into consideration, we wouldn't even be talking about the movie because it would have been a three-minute Disney animated short with the voice <laughs> of Sean Connery. <laughs> yep. But this was actually another movie based on a book because it was based on the 1903 Darby O'Gill and the Good People. Oh, okay. The Good People. Good. They're not good anymore. They're just little. Or are they yeah. a little good? Ah. But I'm happy to know that, that Janet Monroe, who's the actress who played Katie, this was the first of many of appearances in Disney movies. So several of the movies that we're going to be watching in the 60s, she's in. So that's that's good. Oh, I, I love things, little bits of uh, nuggets and little trivia like that. Ooh. Including the second version of Swiss Family Robinson. Yes, exactly. And I think Witch Mountain or something like that. A couple more that are coming up in the 60s. Wait, Witch Mountain? Isn't that the one with the rock? Yeah, well, that too, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He actually oh, says goodness. the backside of water in the Jungle Cruise movie as the skipper. So that's going to be fun. Can't wait for that to come. It'll be out the end of this month. Yeah. Unless COVID shuts everything back down. Come, down. come on down to Florida. Ain't shutting down here. Nothing shutting down here. Yeah, wouldn't it be fun to actually do this when we're all in the same room? Oh, yeah. You know? We will... I have a feeling that there will be a day sometime when at least two of us will be in the same room. And then we can have the two of us staring at the third person saying, why aren't you? <laughs> oh, hey, I, I would be up there every day in the Disney area if I if I could. So. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So let me let me ask y'all one one question before we move on. What did y'all think about the leprechauns going off and chasing the foxes? They chased the you said the foxes. Yeah, when when Darby fell down the well and was told that he had to stay there forever, and so he tricks Brian into basically opening oh. the mountain up, and they all start riding their horses around him as he's playing. Yeah. Okay. And, and then, then he cracks open the rock, and they all go flying out. Yeah, and somehow he gets out. I mean, wasn't that a little bit of overkill? And I was and, wondering what that was about. I don't even know why they left. I thought they were just all hopped up on O'Doul's and or whatever, and then they just had too much and just needed to go for a run. Well, what what I thought when I saw that was it reminded me in the shaggy dog when they sped up the, the speed of the camera when buzz was driving and he did that like little yui turn to go around and remember dan i had mentioned before about how i liked how they did that like oh let's speed up the camera and make everything look fast well that's what i was thinking about in that section and even a little bit before when they were dancing and yeah. then they were dancing faster and then faster and faster so I, I i'm thinking probably i don't know when that like well, that technique's been around for a while, but they're like, hey, let's see how we can use it in this film. And so it'd be interesting to see the films that happened for this, the Shaggy, if that technique was used and if it's used in the upcoming films after. Well, we will we'll, we'll keep an eye out for that in the future films. 
But this actually brings it back to Icky's question. If this is all taking place in the mountain, and I just thought of it, and the mountain breaks open and there's this beam of light in the middle of the night, wouldn't the people at the bottom of the hill see it unless it's on the backside of the mountain? Unless they were just all passed out in a drunken stupor. Which is possible, because this is Ireland in the 1800s, and that's all that they had to do. Maybe you could only see the light if you had a special connection. Just like when you open up the bag, he could see the leprechaun, but everybody else couldn't. So maybe that light, the other people just see it because they weren't privy. That that's a that's a very good possibility. So leprechauns are shapeshifters. So does that bring it back to Loki then? Brings it back to Moana, Maui shapeshifter. Uh-huh. But they didn't yeah. have their hook. Okay. <laughs> See, Maui was also that that trickster. Like the Loki was like the mischief, the trickster. So that's another <laughs> archetype. Another archetype is that the one I'm looking for? Another type of character in Disney movies. You've got the Gaston archetype. You've got the Loki. Usually have the animal sidekick. Well, this one had a horse. It didn't talk, but, you know, we had a horse here. It laughed. (laughs) Yeah. Now, when you guys, you made me think about something, and then I forgot. You were talking about uh, the beam of light. Oh, you were talking about archetypes and things. I'm not exactly sure how many... uh, specifically what they are as far as story types, but I'll have to look this up. But in all of, like, Shakespeare and and just in general, but I remember it when I learned stuff about Shakespeare, that there are really only about maybe, I don't know, six different types of plots when it comes to storytelling and hmm. stories, fairy tales and stuff. And so there's just basically, I think, Six different ones, and I'll have to look that up because you know we talk, we we've mentioned certain characters and certain connections, and you've got your love triangles, and you've got your um, uh, uh, misinterpretations of things, and so it's interesting we can look at this story and then say, oh, well, it reminds me of this part of this story or this part of that story. Because really and truly, there are only a certain amount of, if you think about it, uh, types of stories. Yeah, I've yeah. heard that before, what you're saying. Yeah, and I actually just looked that up while you were... It's yes, rags to you... riches, riches to rags, a rise, then a fall, and fall. A fall, a rise, then a fall again. Rise, fall, rise, or fall, rise. That's your six different... It's titled Rags to Riches, Riches to Rags, Icarus, Oedipus, Cinderella. Interestingly, that's the only one that's actually a Disney archetype. And Man in a Hole. Oh, I want to look that up. I'll have to look that up. And uh, so which would this one be? Well, we had the man fall down a hole. Literally. (laughs) That answers it. That's it. But then we also had... Wouldn't it be rags to riches to rags to riches? Because he didn't have gold, then he did have gold, then he didn't have gold. He had his pot of gold, but then he he lost it. But he was rich at the end, but it wasn't monetary. Right. Think about that. Yeah. Yeah. There's got to be some hybrids where you mix different parts of the six different stories together. Yeah. Yeah. That would be that would be my inclination. I would think I would think it would probably be 
like a combination of the man in the hole possibly with uh Cinderella because I mean that one sounds like everything works out well in the end. Yeah. And, and it wouldn't be it wouldn't be riches to rags even though he doesn't have any money because that's a tragedy. Yeah. Which I mean, if everything turns out all right in the end, then you're not going to have it be the tragedy. Yeah. So you've given us you've given us food for thought for for things to look into, and I did I honestly didn't know anything about this. So this is going to be something that's probably going to get worked in, worked in the future. And we thank you for that. good idea. You are expanding our knowledge in ways that only you can. Oh, and just wait till I have a couple doozies on my notes, and you'll be like, Stacy, oh what? <laughs> on second thought, Stacy, it's been nice having you on, and you have a good night. <laughs> okay, well, the hour is getting late, and I am about to turn into a pumpkin, just like Cinderella did, or Cinderella's mushroom Oats. castle. Yeah. Yes, thank you. So, is there? Anything before we get to the questions that either of you would like to add? Mm, I'm going to keep it for the questions because they they tie in with that. Okay. So, I'm good. It's a good movie. I would watch it again. I'll leave it at that. Yeah, it's 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 definitely going to be on my rewatch. You need a little bit of little people. That's yeah. the way I'm going to leave it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So... Moving to the three important questions. What is today's impact of this movie? The Today's impact on this movie. Uh, you want me to go first? <laughs> yes, since you said you were holding all of your comments until the question. Yeah. Well, okay. So I'm just going to just kind of give you out my bullet points, and then, you know, you can make your comments. Um, blackmail. Okay. Secrecy, secrets, deception, keeping the truth hidden, bullying, uh, riches are not all they are cut, um, cut out to be. I really liked, uh, there was a quote in there that said, I think it was, nine out of ten gold leads to unhappiness. I wrote that down. And then the last little note I wrote, and I'll just say it and then you all can go with it, I wrote, Death, Coach, Zombie, WandaVision. Hmm. <laughs> Death, Coach, Zombie, WandaVision. Well, because, okay, Death, Coach, I totally was not expecting that whole part. And so I was kind of like, okay, this is kind of like spooky Haunted Mansion here, okay? That's what I right. thought of, like at the beginning of Haunted Mansion, yeah. Yeah, spooky. And then there were kind of like those zombie characters as far as, you know, the, the, the people that they were, you know, that they were, that were beckoning them. And then the reason it made me think of WandaVision is because remember in the, the part in WandaVision where it's towards the end where everybody that was dead, I can't explain it. Maybe you guys, cause you know the part better, but like when they were in the hospital and then like they come back. But then, I don't know what I'm saying, but I do know what I'm saying. Help me out here, uh, Marvel people. I'm lost. I, I've not I, seen WandaVision. I I'm not a Marvel WandaVision, person. but I'm trying to remember where they're... I know Vision was dead, because, spoiler alert, if he dies in... Or, I'm sorry, in Infinity. Yeah, he gets his little jewel pinched out of his head. Yes. Yeah. Okay. 
that's what I was like the when he died it reminded me I mean when I was seeing that death scene and I was seeing the people that kind of reminded me the ghost kind of ghostly zombies it reminded me of what happened in WandaVision with the characters being there in WandaVision but she made them like they were dead, but oh, then okay. she made them alive. Okay, so 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 you're Just, talking about her twin brother that got recast in the episode, as well as Vision, who both came back to life inside of her little bubble. Yeah, but they were both dead, and they yes. had and they had zombie moments during the during the episode. Were starting to flicker in and out. Yes. Okay, I got you. I got you. So, now. I don't know. It just reminded me of. Well, my big takeaway from all of this was don't mess with an Irish person. Yeah. Plain and simple because cause they, they they have ways of getting revenge on you that you wouldn't even think about it. Because, I mean, Pony, who had been doused on the entire time, knocks out Sean Connery and then pours a bottle of whiskey on him. Just so that way he can lose his job and Pony can get it. And yeah. that, that was something that I did not see coming. And then you had King Brian, who was always trying to get out of whatever he had agreed to just by getting you to say the wrong word. And then he could turn your pot of gold into a pot of gold-covered chocolates or something. <laughs> and, I mean, it, it all comes down to you're, you're not sure of what you've got, even when you're holding on to it with, with this movie. That's what I thought. Yeah, you- you think the grass is always greener on the other side. If I have this, if I, you know, if I have all this money, if I could do this, if I could do that. And then, you know, once you get that, it's not everything that it's cracked up to be. So, you know, riches are not, riches are more than just gold coins. That's true. And that green grass is just asterisk. Yes. Icky? I'm surprised that King Brian was carried around in a sack on Darby's back for a week, and after all that, he sat in the coach, and they were all buddy-buddy again. I'm going to miss you, old pal. It's been a real delight. Like, he just carried him around in a bag for a week. I'd have been like, good riddance, you filthy Irishman. I can't believe he was just like, oh, I'm going to miss you. You've been a worthy adversary. No, come on. It's like they were all buddy-buddy. Like those old cartoons where the sheepdog and Wiley Coyote would punch out after the shift. Hey, how you doing? See you tomorrow. All right, Ralph. You know what I'm talking about? Or they were just like Love buddies. Love those episodes. Shit. Yeah, but as soon as you punch in, it's it's all it's yeah to the wall. Yeah, I I I never thought about that. That's that's a now that you mention it, kind of weird. But in, unless King Brian has the ability of the future and see that he's not going to have another person that's going to try to trick him, so to speak, as much Ooh. as Darby. Does he have, like, Doctor Strange? He can see all the different possible futures? Yes, and there's only one where you where you live, so we have to keep you here. Got it. Okay. Second question. Is this movie mirrored in today's... Co- I think this is my favorite question of this, uh, of this set. Okay. Why is that? Uh, well, as far as things that are mirrored... Greed. I mean, this world is, there's greed, there's trickery, lying to get what you want. I mean, then the whole, like, politics 
type of thing with that. Um, and uh, men and women playing hard to get. That still happens in today's society. Okay. Now, I have two two more things that I want to say about this. This first one, I don't know how to say it without making it sound like really weird and bad, but when he was, I'll just go for it. When he was willing to sacrifice himself so that his daughter could live, right? Mm-hmm. All I thought was sacrifice, and then I think it was connected to something that I saw on the news. It reminded me of what was going on and maybe what still is going on right now on the the border and all the stuff we have with the border. Because you can make a sacrifice for some – you can have good sacrifices and you can have, like, not-so-good sacrifices. You can have a sacrifice that's going to benefit you. Or you can have a sacrifice that's going to benefit somebody else. Hmm. And so, I mean, it's not a nice thought, but some people are, you know, sacrificing members of their family so that they can come across the border. Hmm. And that's not a good type of sacrifice. But like Darby, he was sacrificing. He was doing a sacrifice, you know, that was selfless. Yeah. But then I... There's a lot of things that are going on in today's culture where there is um, selfish sacrifice. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes that makes total sense. And and it and when you're saying that, it made me actually think about how I thought the movie was going to end. Because I mean, Darby's whole wish was for Katie to be happy. Yeah. So that was actually how I thought the movie was going to end since it's a disney movie it's always got to have its happily ever after so with katie on her deathbed i was expecting darby to say well brian i want my third and final wish to be that katie is happy and she lives forever and i mean it's a wish so why couldn't he just have done that and then the death carriage would have had to have turned tail and ran away Simply because you have to um, respect the wish. But by going through, by him being willing to sacrifice himself, to say, take me instead of her, that actually, by him being able to do that, he was given his life back, you know? And he was worthy to pick up Mjolnir. Yes. Now, here's (laughs) here's the thing that you haven't mentioned yet. That wishing song. Remember when they were doing the song and they would have to rhyme. And so he would say, I wish <laughs> And then the other guy, oh, well, I wish that. Well, that right there, I think, is mirrored in culture because it reminds me of a rap off, meaning kids will get together, you know, you know, and they'll one person will start rapping and then the next person will do another little rap and try to see if they can you know one up that person and it goes even further oh yeah loving the hat it goes even further it goes even further into the movie Hamilton have you seen Hamilton (coughs) have any of you guys seen Hamilton on Disney Plus Lin-Manuel you know Lin-Manuel wrote all the music for uh, 
uh, Moana and stuff. Well, anyways, they uh, characters. I can't remember which two, but they have like they're going back and forth, um, like you would say in a debate. But they're doing it with a microphone, and it's kind of like they're having like a rap off. So the fact that they did that wishing song in there reminded me of how young kids today that are into hip hop and rap will have a little, oh, I can rap, oh, I can do you one better, I can do you one better. And then that same premise of that was shown in the Hamilton. Which is just a ripoff of 8 Mile. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know 8 Mile. I'm, I'm, not in on, I'm not in on that joke. But a little bit of trivia. The person that plays George Washington in the Hamilton movie, I believe his real name is Christopher Jackson. He is um, Moana's father. Hmm. Yeah, he's Moana's father. It's all connected. She keeps bringing it back to Moana. Yeah, because I oh, am Moana. The ocean chose me. So that's all I had to say about well, that. that. Explains so, a lot. <laughs> what, that the ocean chose me? Yes. So See, I, I thought think... they were going to go. I thought the movie was going to go the way of Old Yeller. I thought the old man was just going to die, and that was going to be it. Because Disney set a precedent of sad movies. And it's not always happily ever after. I didn't think that he was going to get rescued. I thought he was just going to lay down his life, pick up Mjolnir, and go to Valhalla or whatever. Asgard, I don't know. Yeah, it I actually, it I actually was... is Valhalla. So you're right about that. But would he have been worthy to actually pick up Mjolnir if he was dead? Probably not. Worthy, yes. Physically capable, no. I'm sorry, Stacy. Once again, we've cut you up. No, that's okay. I'm listening. I'm listening. It's okay. <laughs> it's interesting to listen to you guys. Yeah, we just ramble. We have a good old time. Like a bunch of little old ladies. Sure. <laughs> Anybody have anything further before we fit this movie into today's society or lack thereof? No, no. I think we can jump right into it because I don't think there's much. Okay. Well, didn't you say at the beginning that you thought that it should be represented more in Disney World, Disneyland, Euro Disney, especially Euro Disney? I think they could. I think they could go with it. I think it would be delightful. Some kind of a ride, some kind of a mountain with the things on top or some kind of dark attraction. I think, I mean, the, the tale of leprechauns and the pot of gold and especially the rainbow, those are all like ageless icons. They could do so much with it. Yeah. Stacy, did you have anything for the fitting into today's society? Well, when I answered this question, that was before you told me how you guys look at it as as it's reflected in Disney. So I just said selfishness, but that's not where you guys like where you go with the question. You go, is it represented? Are there T-shirts? Are there this? Are there that? So my answer for that would be no. But when they were doing the Banshees and those, like, spirits and stuff like that that were kind of floating all around, it reminded me of Night on Bald Mountain from one of my favorite Disney movies, Fantasia. But I don't know if that one was in Fantasia 1 or Fantasia 2000. But they do have, like, the spirits moving up. And then it also reminds me of oh, that's Fantasia 1? Night yes. on Bald or ride of the ride of the Valkyries. Um, 
And then it also reminded me of the connection in the um, in the ghost in Haunted Mansion in the big ballroom on the left hand side. The guys playing the pipe organ and those little ghost things are you know going up like that. So those were a couple of things that uh, that 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 part of the movie reminded me. Icky, what did you see that with Haunted Mansion? I didn't, but now that you mention it, yeah, the the Banshee does kind of remind me of. Just want to mention in general, but yeah, those ghosts. Those ghosts that are Definitely. coming up the pipe organ on the left, just the way they swerve yeah. like that. Well, I didn't get any of that at all, so, <laughs> so I guess I'm I'm the least Disney fied of the three of us tonight. But you know, if we ever went to Disney, uh, we were talking about costumes, and um, so that that's another thing you could uh, bring into your discussions. I had mentioned. We were talking about the Shaggy Dog, how a really easy costume for, like, you know, to go to Halloween would be you just go and get some fun fur and you just take safety pins and just kind of pin it to you and then you get a little hair clip and you put a piece here on your head and a piece here and you paint your nose black. So for this one, um, uh, you could just dress me up green and I could get, you know, a leprechaun hat from the Dollar Tree and... I could uh, have a sack as a dress with little legs, and I could kind of walk. And then, you know, one of you could be um, – uh, uh, you're nice and tall, Icky, so you could be the um, the Sean Connery person and just, you know, go around singing. And then, um, Dan, you can be Darby. Hey, I have no problems with being Darby, even though Icky is older. Yeah, but Icky's tall, like like Polly or like uh, Sean Connery. What? names what is his characters mike i don't know that they were michael michael, yes. michael o'malley or something like that right michael yes yeah because it, so, it's so not michael. irish if it doesn't have an o in it that's true but i think that's... it's neat to kind of see if you could if you look at it and say okay could you disney bound this or if you were to create a quick costume or this or that i i always like to to look at things like that oh yeah it was like a dapper day basically i think yeah. Okay. Well, has anyone got anything further before we bring this show to a screeching halt and throw it off of Darby O'Gara? Um, my last thought. I think that this would be an interesting movie for kids to see in a high school English class. Hmm. And talk about just for them to see some of the stuff that, you know, Richards are not all what they seem to be. You know, the act of being um, selfless, you know, making a sacrifice for somebody that, you know, you love. It's got really good stereotypical characters, the plot line, just like you said, the three different, like, there's just a bunch going on. I could really see it being used in, like, a high school English class. Well, and the fact that it's actually based on a book would help with that, because... They could read the book and then compare. Yeah, and find out why the people are no longer good. They're just... Exactly. What would be interesting would be to see if, and maybe I'll do this and maybe enlighten you guys, to see what Disney movies, because a lot of them basically are pretty much all based on a piece of literature. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know? I mean, I'm yeah. sure there are some out that are not, but... Toy Story. I mean, wait, what? <laughs> yeah. So, 
But that those are my final thoughts on it. I thought it was good. I liked it. It would be fun to watch again now that I kind of know what's happening so I could actually listen more to the dialogue and I'm sure I would pick up on more mm. on nuances. Okay. Icky, you have any final thoughts on this one? Final thought. This is how Irish this movie was. This is how Irish people are there. So Darby is going through telling his tall tales in the bar. Pony starts making fun of him. So everybody gets upset. And what does the barkeep do? The barkeep goes over and his punishment for Pony is no more whiskey for you. You're going to have to settle for stout. And that was his punishment. That's how Irish this was. Uh, that's pretty Irish. Which Guinness is a stout. Isn't Guinness yeah. made in Ireland? Yeah. And James, well, Jameson's probably with the hearts up there drinking, but mm. Guinness is probably the stout he was punished with drinking. And I cannot stand Guinness. I've tried it several times. So it is a punishment. Okay. All right. But now give me a nice peppermint stout and I'll drink it. It can't just be straight almost right now. Or pony. He was relegated Poor to Guinness. <laughs> and now, I, I, why would you name your kid Pony? Like, is that a nickname, or does it really say Pony? Like, I never, it's just a strain. I why like, didn't we, oh my goodness, what, it's leprechauns, it's pot of gold. Why, how did we miss the state golden Pony Boy? Oh, oh my gosh. How did we, how did this escape us till the very end? <laughs> oh. Okay, wow. I, I, I prompted that thought, but I, again, I'm a little clueless. Pony the Boy, outsiders. What, what? Ralph That's Macchio. the outsiders. See, I'm not up on all of my films like you guys are, but that's okay because that's kind of what makes it interesting. That's what his mom should have told him at the end. He flicked him a gold coin and said, stay golden, Pony Boy. And with that, I'm out. Yeah, I think I think that is a great place to end this one. Um, we do have homework because what good is a podcast tell people? The next movie, are into the six Pollyanna. It is on Disney+. Plus. I'm starting to call out the ones on my not on Disney+, Plus, wasting your time having to hunt on the dark webs for it or for BitTorrents or however you want to watch it that's not legal in the United States, shall we say. <laughs> so the next movie is a live action. Would it be a drama, would you think? I think it's a Christmas trading tradition movie. A Chris, all right. I'm I'm gonna need for you to hold on to that one for the next episode, so that way we can break into that. Is that what you call it when you trade gifts with people at work? It's a Pollyanna. Oh my god! AKA gosh. a white elephant, right? Say good night, Icky. <laughs> and with that, we are gone. Y'all stay safe, stay hungry, and stay away from the. Adios. Thank you for listening to this podcast. If you would like to send us an email, you can do so at BeKindRewindDMP at gmail.com. DMP stands for Disney Movie Podcast. Once again, thank you for listening, and have a wonderful day. Way we go, and die, three.